Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. topic. Um, I'm excited for today. So we're wrapping up our overcomer series. And um, the la- I, last week we talked about overcoming labels. And then this week we're going to be talking about overcoming fear, um, which is something that I am all too familiar with. Um, but you know what, I'm excited because if there's anything I've learned over my life, it's that when we go through seasons in our life, when we go through hard times in our life, to be able to take that situation and turn it around and use it as a story that can help others, I consider that an honor. And so um, even though this topic speaks very dear to my heart and I struggled with it, and we'll get into that a little bit more, um, the fact that I can speak on it from the other end of it um, is, a, is a powerful thing. And so I'm excited that I can share that with you this morning as we, as we talk about this. So our topic today is fear. Um, And most of us at some point have battled with fear. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, everyone has dealt with. It starts when you're a kid. It's, it's not one of those things that you, you know, really learn. It just kind of comes. So, you know, fear when you're a kid, it might be you're afraid of the dark, or it could be that you're afraid of, um, you know, a thunderstorm, I know my kids had, um, I can remember one time Autumn crawling in bed with us because she got so scared of the thunderstorm um, that was happening around us. Lincoln struggled with being afraid of the dark for for several years. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you start to worry about, um, you know, you start to fear about things happening around you, school and your future, and um, maybe even sometimes worrying about your family, your parents. Um, When we get older, it can sometimes as an adult, look at things that we begin to fear um, losing our job, our stability in our jobs, or maybe worrying about health of a loved one. Um, I've talked about that, worrying about, you know, the health of loved ones that I have. And, and we've shared that in, in some of our, in our smaller groups. And, you know, some of life's most common fears um, are kind of categorized in four specific areas, and that's loss, failure, rejection, and the unknown. So loss can kind of look like something maybe you're um, have a fear. Also, sorry, I forgot to set the recording. Oh, sorry guys. We'll just pause for a second here. It's the day of technical difficulties. All right, so four topics: loss, failure, rejection, and the unknown. So loss can look like um, you know you fear the loss of a spouse or loved one, um, the loss of your marriage, maybe a child. Um, We mentioned job. Another big one is the loss of control. That's always been a big issue for me. I'm a control freak. I need to have control over things in my life. So we fear loss of control. In the failure, it can be, you know, we fear being inadequate or that we'll never measure up. Um, You know, we can fear the failure of being able to hold financial stability or even spiritual failure. Maybe we are so afraid of not being able to be on the same level as someone else spiritually, that we can't keep up with that. Rejection, um, you know, being left out of things. A lot of us deal with the fear of rejection or the fear of never getting married or that your marriage, um, you know, won't last because you're 
Um, you know, they're seeking someone else. And I think for me, unknown is a big one too. You know, the unknown of what's my health going to be like? What's my job going to be like? Am I going to get stuck somewhere? Um, you know, and there's just a lot of areas that we, that we deal with and we see fear in our lives. Some of us, it's a little bit more um, predominant in our lives and others, it's kind of just on the back burner. But our main verse today that we're going to, to focus on that, that this whole message is about is in 2 Timothy. And this is a verse that has become kind of like one, I have several, but one of my life verses, one that I have really just had to keep at the forefront on my mind. And it's funny because I used to keep this verse posted everywhere and um, I hadn't had it. And then while I was preparing my message, I was on my lunch break at work and I was preparing this and I just was kind of doodling on a, on a, um, a little post-it note and I stuck it on my desk. And wouldn't you know, we had all of these problems with gizmo this week and I just happened to look up at it in this moment of just fear and anxiety and looking at this, at this note with this verse and was just like, thank you, God. So the verse is 2 Timothy 1, 7. And it says this, and as soon as you hear it, you'll probably recognize it. it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I'm going to say it again. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what does this mean? What this means is it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear which means that fear is not from God. God does not give us this fear. And so we have to learn to not accept what isn't from God. So those fears that we have that we mentioned earlier, we have to know that they're not from God and we have to accept that they're not from God. And I've heard people say that fear is the opposite of faith. And there is some truth to that, but I see it more as fear is faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith in the wrong things. So it is the opposite of faith, but I think a lot of times fear comes from us just putting faith in the wrong things. So we all experience fears. Some of them are things, you know, like I have a fear of spiders or snakes or clowns. Uh, I know a lot of people that have a fear of clowns. That's a thing. Um, and then some of us, it's a little bit more deep rooted where we experience such deep rooted fear and worry and it just kind of takes us captive. For me, um, I I never grew up being a fearful person. I was pretty confident my childhood into you know my adult life. It wasn't something I really struggled with. I was always kind of the one on the flip side who was encouraging people that were going through situations. And so it wasn't something that was very predominant for me growing up. But there was a time, I guess it was, what is it? close to 10 years ago, I guess, um, we were living in a different part of the city. And um, I woke up one morning to find that our car had been stolen from right in front of our house. And the person had stolen it, driven about two blocks down the road and ran into a cement wall and totaled our car. And in this moment, fear totally 100% took me captive. And I had never really dealt with it before. And it was very just sudden. But what had happened was, is fear for me, it came out of nowhere. And it pretty much just smacked me in the face. And then it held me captive for years. And it was life changing for me, because it was 
and it came with a whole lot of things because I had always been such an encouragement to other people. And I've shared this before. If you've been part of our church for a while, I've, I've talked about this before, but it, the, my fear also came with a lot of shame because I felt like I'm supposed to be an influence. So how can I be dealing with so much fear and anxiety and yet telling people, Oh, trust in God. And for me, it had, I mean, it had just held me captive. I was constantly looking over my shoulder I was worried that, you know, something else would happen to me and our family. And it was just, it was paralyzing what I had to deal with. And so this message, I hope for you that as we go through this and as we talk through this, I hope that any of you that are dealing with any fear, any anxiety, any, anything that is holding you captive, that you'll be able to also find freedom through this because fear is not from God. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear. That's not what he wants. He wants us to find power and love and a mind that is sound, a mind that is restful, a mind that is peaceful. And he, I believe, wants to set you free from any captivity that you're feeling in this area in whatever you know way that you see that. And that he can also teach us how to prevent it in the future. Because even though, and, and we'll get into this, I've found freedom from that fear, it's still a struggle. And so we're going to learn how to prevent that going forward, that when it starts to take hold of us again, how we can kind of transform that a little bit in our lives. Because again, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but instead he gives us the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so we're going to learn about how God's going to empower us to overcome that fear and how we're going to start defining it so that we learn how to overcome it. So we start with the question, what is fear? And fear ultimately is placing faith in the what ifs. Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. And there's another story I love whenever I whenever I do things like this. I just, it just reminds me about how much I love the Bible because, you know, not every you know, there, there are a lot of faiths out there and, you know, they have their beliefs, but I love how the Bible gives us not just rules to follow and life expectations, but it also gives us real life stories of people who have gone through the same things that we go through now and we can learn from them as an example. And I think that's so valuable because it could be that, you know, God could have written the Bible and it could have just been the 10 commandments. And that was the end of the story, but no, he filled it with life lessons and with, with stories and things that we can relate to. And I think that's just so valuable because when we have times in our lives, we can look back and we can see a story just like I can share my story and how I overcame it. We can look back and see these stories in the Bible that God put in there because he wants us to have an example. And so this, um, about placing faith in the what ifs, a good example of that is the story of Moses. And, um, you know, Moses has an incredible story from the time that he was a baby all the way through. And we're not going to examine his whole, his whole life story this morning, but I would encourage you to read it because his, his life story is pretty incredible how God, you know, just protected him from the time he was born all the way through his entire life and the journey that he had to go through. But specifically um, relating to the what ifs of our of our faith is a story of Moses. So Moses 
had been asked by God to go to Pharaoh and ask for his people to be set free. And so Moses was a very insecure person. He dealt with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. And uh, God's telling him, you know, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to ask him to let my people go. I want you to ask for their freedom. And Moses in Exodus 4.1, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it real quick. He says this, what if, there it is, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So even Moses, Moses, his entire life from the time he was a baby has seen God move in his life, has seen miracles, has seen God do incredible things. And even in this moment, he's saying, but what if, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe that I'm really, you know, talking from you? What, what if I don't know what to do here? So instead of Moses placing faith in God's promise in that moment, he put his faith in the what if. What if they don't listen to me? And a lot of times that's what we do. We put our faith in the what if. What if the economy drops? What if the coronavirus never goes away? What if I lose my job? What if my marriage fails? What if something happens to my kids? What if they get hurt? What if I get a car in a car accident? What if I never get married? What if, you know, I do get married, but I marry the wrong person? What if, you know, I can't keep my finances straight. What if I lose everything? We begin to put our, our um, faith in our what ifs. And why do our what ifs matter? Why does it matter so much? And so that's where we're going to go into our first point. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Um, but number one is what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. If you're afraid of losing your marriage, what do you value? You value your marriage. If you're worried about something happening to your kids or to a family member, you value and you love your kids and your family. If you're worried about how you're going to pay bills, you value your finances, you value, you know, your money. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And then number two, our second point here is what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. There's a smack in the face. So let me repeat these again. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And number two, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. That hurts, but it's true. So let that sink in a minute. After, so if you're afraid of losing your marriage, okay, that shows that you value your marriage, but it also shows that you don't trust God with your marriage, that you're not putting your faith in God in that. If you're worried about your children or a loved one, it means that you're not putting your trust fully in God to protect your kids and to protect your loved ones. Same thing with your finances. If you're afraid of losing a job or you're afraid of not having enough money to cover bills, you're not putting your trust in God, who is the ultimate provider. And so for this next couple minutes, I want you, I want to encourage you to be honest with yourself. I want you to examine what area in your life are you putting your what ifs in? What area in your life is your faith not strong enough in God for those? 
And we're going to put a name to it. I want you, you can write it down. We did a little exercise like this last week where you wrote it down. If you want to, you can take out your phone, a piece of paper, write it down, or you can just kind of just hold it in your mind. Um, but I want you all to just close your eyes for a minute. I want you to forget about the distractions around you while I'm talking. And I want you to answer this question. I'm not trusting God with blank. What is it that you're not trusting God with? Take a minute. I'm just going to go through a couple of things here. And I want you to just focus on what that is. What is the what if? What is it that you're not trusting God with? Is it your children? Is it your future? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it the health of parents? Take a moment and really examine what's important to you that you're not putting faith in God for. Think about it. Give it a name. Take this time to really think about it. What is it? Write it down. Keep it in your heart. Put it in your mind. Because the thing is, is that fear can hold us hostage. And you can open your eyes now. Fear can hold us hostage. It has held me hostage for years. But we can't overcome something until we define what it is. And so we have to name it to allow God to change it because God has not given us again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So that thing that you were thinking about that is holding you hostage, we're going to name it so that we can overcome it. And now we're going to learn some practical ways of how God can empower us to overcome our fears and to overcome that area of your life that is holding you hostage, whether it's completely you know, taking you captive, or if it's just something that's always just kind of haunting you in the back of your mind a little bit, we're going to learn about overcoming our deepest fears. Because when we acknowledge our fear and choose to trust God, he can take it away. So we have to acknowledge our fear and choose to trust God to take it away. So in other words, it's not like when we when we label what it is, it's causing us fear and anxiety that we can just be like, if you ever seen a little kid where they plug their ears and they're like, it's not happening. I can't hear you. Blah, blah, blah. It's not like we can do that and be like, this isn't happening to me. It's not happening to me. I'm not dealing with this. I tried that. I tried to ignore it. I tried to deny that I was dealing with fear and anxiety. But the problem is, is that it doesn't go away like that. We can't just make it disappear because it has deep rooted itself within us. And so that's where the hard part comes, which we just did. We put a label on it. But now you have to openly admit that you're struggling with this thing that's holding you down, that's causing you fear, that's causing you anxiety. You have to tell the truth to yourself first. That's the first step, admitting to yourself, I have a problem. I have an issue. And a lot of times when we think about admitting things to ourselves, we associate, well, you know, you know, people who have addictions, they need to admit it so that they can overcome it. Well, fear can be an addiction. It can be something that attaches itself to us and we use it as an excuse to not move forward. So we have to put a label on it and then we have to say, you know what? I'm struggling with this. I need to be honest with myself and say, you know what? I am afraid. I am dealing with fear. I am dealing with anxiety. I can't breathe. I can't move. I get stuck in this moment of not knowing you know, if I can survive the next moment, we have to let the nervousness of admitting that we have this problem and deal with fear. We have to let the nervousness of that come down and then we have to share it. 
And then after you have admitted to yourself that you're dealing with this, that it's a struggle, that it's a problem, then what we need to do is we need to have a conversation with God about it. And we need to be honest. Yes, God knows everything. God is all knowing and he's all powerful. And he already knows that we're dealing with this, but there's something powerful about being open and honest about it and allowing that honesty to say it to God. God, I'm struggling. God, I'm afraid. God, I'm angry. God, I'm I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to overcome this moment. But you know what, God? I am choosing to trust in you now. There's something so powerful about that. So we need to admit it to ourselves. We need to have a conversation and admit our struggles to God. And sometimes it's helpful to open up and admit it to someone else, to tell someone. I can remember when I was dealing with this and I had to sit down and Jared saw it in bits and pieces, but I had to actually be like, I'm really struggling here. Like, I don't know what to do. I had to admit it. I had to be open with it. And there was something powerful in that and trusting God and know that we're trusting God in the middle of our fear. And another great story from the Bible about someone dealing with this is the story of David. And the story of David is found in the old Testament and, um, David's just, he's an incredible story. Another one that you should definitely read if you, if you have it. Um, but we're going to go on to David in his time of serving under King Saul. And there's just a couple verses I'm going to read here, um, but you, you don't need to turn to it. I just want to go through it with you. So David was serving under Saul and David, we know the story of David and Goliath. David had fought against a giant and the giant died. And David had begun to become very popular. Everyone was pro-David. He was this little scrawny kid who conquered a giant. And he was musical. He was poetic. He was kind of like, I don't know how dreamy he was. But, you know, he's kind of like the dreamy heartthrob of the Bible that everyone's like, you know, David, he's so outgoing. And everyone loves him. And, and, you know, he just... Everywhere he would go, people loved him. Well, he was serving under King Saul, and Saul was extremely jealous of David because David was so popular. And here Saul is the king, and everyone loves David and wants David to be king. And they're even like chanting out in when they would go out about how awesome David was, and they wanted David instead of Saul. And so Saul grew so angry, and he decided that he was going to kill David. And so David had to flee because Saul was trying to kill him. And in Psalms 56, um, verse two, we see, or two through four, we see David talking and he says, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So here, David is fleeing because Saul is gonna try to kill him. And in the midst of this, David has found his hope and his trust. And he's saying, in God, I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Well, I mean, if reality mortals could find him and they could kill him and then he would be dead. But what David is saying here is he has found his space beyond the earthly realm here. He's talking spiritually. He's talking, you know what? I can have, I could dwell on fear and I could focus on fear And I could focus on everything that's going wrong around me. But instead of worrying about that, I'm going to put my trust in God and know that God has control. So I trust in him and I'm not afraid because God has the ultimate control. And that's a hard place to be. It's a hard place to find trust in the midst of 
a whirlwind around you. I can remember, um, I guess it's about two years now, um, I really felt like God was asking me to go back to school. Actually, it might be more like three years. It's been a while. Um, and it was, it was something I was excited about, but it meant completely turning my life upside down. I was running a home business. I was running a home daycare. I, um, you know, we were pretty set. I was able to be home when the kids came home from school. I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule. And I knew that with God asking me to go back to school because school was during the day, that this meant I had to quit my job. I had to find another job that would allow me to provide financially for my family, but allow me to have the work schedule I needed for school. And, um, and it was just going to change a lot of things. You know, how could I go from working a full-time job to potentially a part-time job and having the same amount of finances, paying for school and, you know, just kind of the flip of what was going to happen with our family during that time. And it was a very unsure time. And I can very clearly remember God when I was praying, I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this. Like that's a big step to go back to school and completely flip my life upside down. And I can remember God saying, do you trust me? Because I will take care of you and I will take care of your family. And so I had to, in that moment, I had to let go of the unknown. I had to let go of my finances. I had to let go of the normalcy that I had become so used to and trust that God was going to move past that and that he was going to control all of the situations. And he, and he did, there was still some moments where I dealt with some fear in there, um, but God was bigger than that. God promised to take care of me. And so I had to make sure that I reminded myself that I don't need to be afraid because God's going to take care of me. And when we seek God, when we put our trust in God, he takes away our fears, but it takes work. We have to put our faith in God. We have to seek after God. We have to make sure that we are being intentional, intentional about, about putting our trust in our faith in him. And sometimes that requires regular reminders. So we have to seek God until he takes away our fears. And this is exactly what David did. David had Saul chasing after him. He had people hunting him down to kill him. But instead, in those moments, instead of being so fearful and so afraid, he put his trust in God. And in Psalms 34, 4, I love this verse. He said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. He delivered me from all of my fears. I think that's so powerful. He delivered me from all of my fears. When we seek God and we put our faith, we put our attention, we put everything around us, our fear, our anxieties, the, un, the unknowns, the, the things that we're so unsure about. When we take that and we put it in God's hands, he can deliver us from our fears. And so in those moments in my life, I gave two examples when our car got stolen and I was just completely swallowed up by fear. There was a time where I was so fed up with how I was feeling. I was so just exhausted by trying to put on this front, but also just the emotions that were taking over me. And I was just so tired of it. And I was on our treadmill down in our basement 
And this had been a long time. Like I'd been struggling with this for a long time and it was the secret I was trying to hide. And it was just all of these emotions I was going through. And I just started to completely honest. I just started yelling at God. I was like, why is this happening to me? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I so afraid? Why am I so fearful? I don't like this. I don't like feeling this way. This is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. I really just, I need you to do something. I need you to take this away because I can't do it anymore. And it was like, God just kind of surrounded me with, a, with just his arms and said, I just needed you to let go. I needed you to let go. And I needed you to, to talk to me. And as angry as I am and felt a little bad for yelling at God, he's, he's a big guy. He can handle it. And sometimes we just need to let it out. And, and in that moment, he delivered me from that fear and it was still a work in progress, but I had to let go. And I had to have that conversation so that I could start to heal from it. Same thing with school. There were moments when I was in school where the next school bill was due and, and it was like, okay, God, well, am I going to have to quit school now because I can't pay for it? And you're the one who told me to do this. And I turned my life upside down and I have this next bill due. And then God says, I have control, trust in me, and I will take you through this. And then I would get a check in the mail who someone from someone who wanted to support me, or, you know, we would get a refund from something and, and, you know, he would take away that fear and he would provide for me. We have to be honest and we have to let go because when we seek God, he will take away our fears, but we have to be intentional about it. We have to put our focus in God. And that verse from, let's go back up here to it. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Sought's kind of a weird word. It's not really one that we use so often. But what does that mean? It means he, he went after God. He said, you know what? I'm going to seek God. I'm going to have a conversation with God. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. And he's going to deliver me from my fears. And that's what we have to do. We have to seek God and he will take away our fears. We have to spend time talking to God. We have to spend time in prayer. We have to spend time in worship. We have to spend time in just conversation with God, being honest, being open, letting him know what's going on in our lives. Yes, he knows what's going on in our lives, but we need to be. There's something about making that connection when we have that conversation that opens up for us and allows us to have a deeper connection with God. And I love that. I love that God he says, and he puts these verses in there. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I don't want your mind to be crazy and all of these emotions and hecticness. I want you to have peace of mind. I want you to have peace in that. And I love that God says that. I love that he wants to, to give us peace, that that's what he longs for us. And in the midst of when we separate ourselves, he's just like, come back to me, have a conversation. Let's open this back up. Let's find that connection again. Let's, let's, you know, get close again. Let's walk beside each other again. And I love that because God is big enough to handle your problem. So whatever that was that you labeled, whatever that was that you said, you know what, this is what I'm putting the faith in the what if it's this thing, whatever that was for you, know that God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that situation. God is bigger than that fear. God is bigger than that anxiety. God is bigger than whatever it is that is, is just pulling at your heart, whatever it is that is causing you that fear, that anxiety, that stress, he's bigger than that. And it is possible for him 
to take control over that and to take those fears away from you. But we have to seek God. We have to grow close to him. We have to know him. And then we can watch him deliver us from our greatest fear. We can watch him deliver us from the anxiety, from the stress, from the fear. And he will. It's still a struggle for me. I still struggle with it. There are certain things that come up and I'll have these moments of, oh no, it's going to fall apart. And then I have to just stop and say, you know what? I don't have a spirit of fear, but God gives me a spirit of power, power to take control and to hand it back to him, power of a sound mind to calm my mind, to calm the whispers, the voices, the yells, the screams in my head, and the power to just settle in that moment. That's the God that we have. And then I start over again, and then I focus on God, and then I put intention into my time with God so that I can continue to overcome those moments. And I hope that's encouraging for you. One of Jared and I were talking just the other day, which I think it was just yesterday about how sometimes you'll have these movies and, or times in your life um, where there's like an anthem song that comes up, you know, like there was that, um, what was it? It was the, the fight song that was out a couple years ago that was out all everywhere on the radio and, and how you'll have movies and they have like their anthem song. Or um, I remember when I was in high school graduating, there was the wear sunscreen or whatever that song was. It was like the anthem song of the, of the year. And, and, um, and so you have these, or even now with the, the coronavirus, there's that one by Dulipa, um, you know, don't go out, don't whatever it is. And that's like played everywhere. So you have these theme songs and there's a song that I've heard on the radio for like the last year. And it's kind of become my anthem for when I'm dealing with fear and anxiety. And I just wanted to read a little bit of it. It's by Francesca Battistelli and it's called the breakup song, but I love this song so much. And so whenever I'm feeling something, or even if it just comes on the radio, I kind of just shout it out because it's just a reminder to me of how I've overcome fear. So I'm just going to read. It's actually a really catchy song. You should listen to it. But anyway, uh, so I'll just read a part of it here. It says, take a minute, let it settle in. You probably never saw it coming. Something's got to give. So fear, I give up you. There's no room for you here. I've had enough. The no, vac no vacancy sign on my heart is lit up. In case you didn't hear it, hear it again. Fear you don't own me. There ain't no room in this story. And I ain't got time for you telling me what I am not. Like you know me. Well, guess what? I know who I am. I know I'm strong and I am free. And I've got my own identity. So fear you will never be welcome here. I love that song. I think it's just so, so powerful. You know, sometimes we have to we have to have that fight song. We have to have that anthem because when it comes up, it kind of just takes control over you. And you need a reminder that we can overcome that, that we can get past this, that there isn't room in my life for fear because fear takes over. And I don't have time for that. I don't have room for that. And I don't want to give it the ownership that it tries to take over. And so I have to say what, you know what, fear, you have no ownership over me. There's no room for you here get out. We're done. It's over. I'm moving past it. And I'm going to put my faith and my trust in God, who is the one who will help me get past this. So I hope that was encouraging for you um, today. I think, you know, fear is something that we all struggle with. It's something that at some point in our life, whether it's very evident in your life right now, um, especially during this pandemic or 
um, something else related in your life, or if it comes up in the future, you know, whether it's now or in the future, we just have to remember that that spirit of fear is not from God. And instead, he gives us the ability to defeat fear by giving us power and love and a sound mind. And he gives us the ability to say what, you know what, get out. I've defeated you because I have Jesus in my life. So I hope that was encouraging for you. Um, let's just close in prayer and then we will um, do some discussion. Jesus, thank you so much for, uh, I just thank you for your word that you have given us the Bible that tells us stories and promises and truth that we can count on, that we can lean on, that we can look back on and know that you are in control, that you love us, that you are with us every step through every fear, every anxiety, every unknown, every unsure moment that you're there right with us. God, I pray that this message will um, just speak to the hearts of those that are listening, that anyone who is dealing with fear, anyone who is um, wanting to overcome fear, that they will find truth that you don't give us a spirit of fear, but instead you want us to have peace in our mind, that you want us to experience your love that you have given us the power to overcome that. And we thank you for that. God, I pray that you will just help us to, to claim ownership over that area of our lives and instead be able to be honest, to open up, to, to shed light on it and to overcome that through your love and through your power. And we thank you for that. God, I thank you um, for this day that we can come together, that we can learn about you, that we can grow together and that we can just share in your truth. Bless all of the moms today. And uh, just help us to have a good rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.